Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches and expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Today it is episode 20. It is my first ever Q&A on the podcast, something that I want to do a little bit more often. Uh, so I have asked and requested loads of questions via my Instagram story. If you guys are not following, get following at Spearman Chris. Every now and then I'm going to do one of these. I think it's a great way to answer your questions, but also to be a little bit more interactive. Um, before we go on, I just want to say a massive heartfelt thank you to anyone who's listened to my last podcast, episode 19, on how cancer changed my life. Um, I've had the biggest response I've ever had to a podcast ever um, by a country mile. And if you haven't listened to it, definitely do. It is it is full of value and quite emotional, quite raw. I did it all in one take. And um, yeah, the response has been amazing. So I just want to say a massive thank you to anyone who've who's reached out to me and 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 expressed um, you know the value that they've taken from it. Um, and I think there's a lot of value to be had um, in that ep- episode. Um, it's a bit emotional, yes. Um, so today we're going to talk about something a little bit more positive with this Q and A. Um, I have in front of me here. I have not looked at these. This is raw. This is raw. I haven't looked at these yet. So let's see what we've got. I've got plenty. I've got plenty. So I'm going to scan through them quite quickly and go through them as we progress. So uh, first one is uh, from at I am the Ray. BCA and creatine monohydrate, what is the best way to take them timing and dosage wise? So the best thing you can do is actually listen to my previous podcast on creatine. First of all, Um, I go into detail about when is best to take creatine, how much timing, dosage, uh, whether you need to cycle any of those things. BCAs um, is one that is massively up for debate at the minute. I think what is probably more accurate is EAAs, so essential amino acids. So, the, so BCAs, as as we know, are made up of leucine, isoleucine, and valine, uh, three amino acids, normally in the ratio of four one one. Some are eight one one, some are sixteen one one, which is a bit excessive. But the point is, um, leucine in particular is responsible for muscle, the initiation of muscle protein synthesis. Um, and obviously without this leucine initiating the cascade of muscle protein synthesis, we are generally unable to start building tissue or building muscle. But it's also important to have EAAs, so essential amino acids, because the analogy that I use is it's like the leucine is the key to open the door, but you still need to walk through it. So initiating muscle protein synthesis is all well and good. If So you need to be having enough leucine. Normally, I think the literature says three and a half to four and a half grams of leucine to initiate muscle protein synthesis. Of course, 
that will depend on what you have trained, how big you are, um, what your body composition is, amongst other things. But you still need essential amino acids that are, of course, the building blocks to add that muscle tissue. So that is quite important to remember. Are BCAs important is a question I always get. And for the most part, they're not drastically important. I will always try and integrate them in because better safe than sorry. Um, it depends on whether you're fasting, whether you want to grow tissue, whether you just want to lose weight. It's so specific. Um, so, but have a listen to my podcasts, uh, my previous ones, especially on creatine, and that will give you a little bit more insight into how that can be used effectively. Victoria, at Victoria Boast says, now that you've ticked most of your boxes, what, what, uh, that you wanted to do, what's next? That is such a massive question. Um, I'm asking myself that almost every day at the minute. I really don't know. So some of you guys will know, and I think it's not premature for me to say, I have hired a coach who is one of the best in the world to take my physique to the next level. Um, I will be flying out in a few weeks to meet my coach in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I will disclose a little bit later who that is. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's an amazing investment for me to educate myself and to get in the best shape of my life. And that's probably going to be my primary focus between now and my 30th birthday, which will be in 13 months time. So I think that's one thing. Uh, obviously you can probably hear there's a little bit of an echo in here because I'm in my new apartment in London and kidding this place out is going to be up there too. Um, so thank you for your question. Is there a program ebook without the competition photoshoot prep? Just an athletic training from at Paul Schiller. Absolutely, Paul. So most of my programs, believe it or not, or most of my clients do not compete and do not do photo shoots. Um, we do have the Academy, of course, the Spearman Fitness Academy, which is myself and Wade Foster, who go through each week. We've got a group call each week. And we obviously chat to everyone. We go through their nutrition, their training, um, but also their business. Um, so that is primarily what you're on about the competition and photo shoot prep um, and they're either coached by myself or Wade depending on their goals but that's a small percentage of my clients so the vast majority of my clients or my coaches clients people within the Spearman fitness community just want to get in shape um, you know uh, obviously some want to look athletic someone to lose weight uh, I reckon my average client is maybe early 40s, uh, female mainly, um, North American, and just wants to lose a bit of weight. Um, I always get asked, do I have female clients? Do I take on female clients? And the reason I get asked that is because a lot of the transformation photos are male. The reason that's the case is because um, some female clients would prefer that their progress photos were not shown. And that is something that I have to take seriously. Um, and will always... Um, respect the client's wishes, completely understandable. So the answer is yes, I do take female clients, absolutely. Um, I love working with female clients. I think my forte in terms of my scientific knowledge behind um, how hormones fluctuate throughout um, a menstrual cycle. Um, obviously I have some 
clients, quite a number of clients who are either diabetic or are going through menopause and how their hormones change around this time. Um, and with my scientific background, it is massively beneficial for me to kind of add some value to these clients. Um, so yeah, thank you for your question. What else do we have? Ooh, at va underscore ni underscore da. What are your thoughts on keto diets? So, um, my thoughts on keto diets are very the same as any other diets. Um, if you enjoy it, and it is you know something that you want to do, and you're okay to go without carbohydrates, by all means, by all means, that is absolutely fine. Would I do a keto diet? No, uh, I, I don't think I would. I like uh, integrating carbohydrates strategically quite well into my diet. Uh, do they work? Absolutely. You know, if you're in a calorie deficit, they will, um, you will drop body fat. Absolutely. But it depends. I, I mean, would I put someone who wants to gain muscle tissue on a keto diet? Probably not. Um, I think carbohydrates are quite important. Um, so it completely depends. It's like with any diet. Uh, my job as a coach is not to put someone on a diet or to integrate someone onto my program. It is for me to become a part of their life um, and join their lifestyle. And I think a good coach can do that. I think a great coach should be able to integrate himself quite easily into the client's life without too much stress or too much hassle. So I would never put you on a keto diet. If you came to me as a client and said, I would love to do keto or I like doing keto or my body responds best through keto, then I would keep you on a keto diet. Potentially, I may say, mm, maybe we should try this. And I think that's quite important is about being flexible. You'll see quite a lot of guys in amazing shape and um, what works for them won't necessarily work for their clients. And that is something that you really need to take into consideration. How flexible can your coach be? How educated is your coach? It's not all about how they look or what their social media following is like. I'm fortunate that I feel like I'm in okay shape they are plenty in better shape than me, but I feel like I'm extremely well equipped um, education wise and experience wise to deal with most of what's thrown at me. So be strategic with who you pick, especially if you're entrusting them with yourself, your metabolism, and your body. How much should men and women be eating in calories a day to lose weight from at Justin underscore Peter? Okay, so th the answer is this, dude. Uh, you should be eating just less than the calories that you consume. End of story. Sorry, you should be eating just less than the calories that you expend. That's it. That's as simple as it is. Put yourself in a calorie deficit and you will lose weight. That is as simple as it gets. Of course, not everyone just wants to lose weight. People want to add muscle tissue or they want to stay full or they want to get stronger or they, you know, there's loads of other things that come into play. But the answer is whatever your expenditure is, you know, that be your basal metabolic rate plus your activity, plus your thermic effect of food, plus any other calories that your body expends just surviving, drop your calories slightly under what that expenditure is and you will lose weight. It is that simple. Sorry, I can't be much more help, but that is all the help you will ever need. Um, what else? What else, what else? Oh. Shiloh 
underscore Roberts asks, if you only get an average of three to four hours of sleep, how do you stay motivated to get your workouts in? So I'm a massive guilty party here. I sleep maybe five hours a day on average, five hours a night on average. And the truth is I am motivated for life. I love almost everything that I have kind of encapsulated in my life right now. The people that are in my life, the atmosphere that I have, the mindset that I have, the job that I have, the lives that I change, all of these different things. And I am just motivated for life. I go to the gym because I love it, because I love the feeling I get when I leave, Um, not because of how it makes me look. My advice for you, firstly, is to build a strong relationship with going to the gym or working out. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. Whatever it is that you're doing should be adding value to your life, not taking away from your life. So that's the first point. And the second point is about getting sleep. I don't know what your sleeping pattern is like. You say three to four hours of sleep, but is that because you cannot sleep? Is it because you're too busy to sleep? Or is it because you have restless sleep? So these are things that you need to take into consideration. I sleep not very much because I there's so many things in the day that I want to do, not have to do, want to do. So I neglect sleep a little. That will catch up on me and that's something that I need to address, but I feel like my 30s will be a perfect time to kick back a little. Um, So yeah, you would have to look at maybe why you're not sleeping or are you choosing not to sleep or are you suffering from insomnia? If it's the case that you're struggling to get to sleep, there are lots of things that you can address. Uh, Before I go to bed, I will take a PM burner from 1UP Nutrition. It is probably one of the best supplements that I take. It has got melatonin, 5-HTP, HTP, um, zinc, magnesium, um, amongst an array of other amazing ingredients to take before bed. It says take two, I take one, um, and I sleep. Not necessarily that I sleep longer, but my quality of sleep is absolutely incredible. So for anyone out there who hasn't, I would highly recommend that supplement, especially if you're struggling with sleep. Um, it is the PM Burner from 1UP Nutrition. I also have a code, as you guys must know, um, for the listeners of my podcast or my clients. It is Chris20, and it gets you 30 to 40% off. I highly recommend it. So check that out. What else do we have? Um, Is it true that only with steroids can you get your best ripped 4% body form? That is from at123amir. So the truth is quite simply this. Um... You need to think about what steroids are actually doing. Clearly, I hope that you are not taking any because if this is your mindset that you think that this is what steroids do, then you're starting off in a really bad place and you're clearly not educated enough to be taking any performance enhancing drugs. This is something that I think needs to be addressed and it's something that I want to address and I will address in another podcast, but I'm gonna slightly address it now. I have no problem with people taking performance enhancing drugs whatsoever. The issue that I may have is if someone is taking performance enhancing drugs in an illegal federation or, for example, in the Tour de France or athletics or something where a performance enhancing is a banned substance, that is just cheating, clearly. I think if someone wants to take performance enhancing drugs for themselves and they're safe um, and they seek 
serious advice and they are doing it for the right reasons, I have no issue. Uh, you know, just like I have no issue with people smoking or taking, you know, class A drugs, let them do what they want to do. As long as they're not affecting me, it doesn't really bother me. Um, I don't judge regardless. Do I have clients that take performance enhancing drugs? Absolutely, of course. I've got, you know, clients who are taking testosterone rehabilitation therapy that have been prescribed by their physicians. I also have clients that are competing in serious bodybuilding shows um, where performance enhancing drugs, uh, you know, maybe it unfortunately is now the norm to get your body to that level. Um, or people who just decide that performance enhancing drugs is something that they want to do to, you know, aid their progress in the gym. And my job as a coach is to more often than not go, okay, this is your decision. You need to be quite certain, first of all, that this is a step that you need to take. And if it isn't one that they need to take, and I think they're being silly, I will be the first person to tell them. But equally, I think it is my job to advise that, you know, what they do is the safest um, and that they're not being reckless, which for the most part, for any clients that I have that were in this position, that what they were originally taking gets dropped to maybe 20% of, of, of what they were taking. Because the reliant on drugs, unfortunately, in fitness is, is, is big. Rather than relying on your nutrition, on your food, on your work ethic. And what happens when you turn to performance enhancing drugs or steroids is that then you assume, oh, I got some results here. Then, you know, let's up it and I'll get more results. That's just not the case. That's not what happens. Of course, um, you know, they're performance enhancing drugs for a reason. They are performance enhancing but you need to ensure that all the other boxes are ticked first and the most important thing actually addressing your question is in terms of steroids or anabolic steroids the relationship that they have with dropping body fat is not as strong as you think um, you know maybe you're looking at something like fat burners or purely just being in a calorie deficit what performance enhancing um, anabolics will do is they will hold on to the muscle tissue you have while you drop body fat rather than, you know, purely helping fat oxidation occur in the first place. So my advice would be become more educated. And by the sounds of things, you should be anywhere near performance enhancing drugs whatsoever. Um, but thank you for your question all the same. So, well, this is, this is, you've got another question. So let's see, let's see what we have. Um, I'm above average, my trainer tells me, and I have a cheat meal. And if I have a cheat meal, I cannot achieve my goal. Well, that just answers the question to me, really. I mean, you know, first and foremost, that, that isn't accurate. Um, there's no reason why you can't integrate a cheat meal to achieve your goals. Um, but, for most of my clients, at least, we will strategically put in cheat meals or refeeds. If you want to know the difference between both, a cheat meal is more of a psychological break once a week where clients of mine will have maybe a burger or a pizza or some ice cream or something that is more of an emotional craving um, that will kind of tie them over. A refeed is more structured and more strategic 
where generally speaking you will have a meal that is high in carbohydrates quite low in fat that will upregulate leptin and ghrelin and kickstart your metabolism for the next few days so there's no reason i believe unless you are quite overweight that you cannot have a cheat meal um i think cheat meals can be important there are times that i tell my clients not to have one absolutely of course maybe when they're dieting for a photo shoot and it's in the last few weeks uh, sometimes it's fine but if they're behind then i try and keep that out if they have a bad relationship with food i don't think sometimes cheat meals can be beneficial i think they can be detrimental depending on the client's relationship with food but also if they're competing in a show or hopping on stage and they're a little bit behind that's when i will probably be a little bit more strict but thank you for your question so uh at the real fred sheedy asks i really struggle with taking a genuine 100 rest day excuse me is this normal absolutely dude absolutely you have no idea how many of my clients go oh chris do i need to take a rest day and it depends so i cannot take a 100 rest day because i couldn't i would struggle probably to just sit around all all you know all day long i like going for walks but you can have an active rest day so a lot of my clients will have an active rest day where they will go for a walk do a hit session or um, just burn some calories maybe completely unrelated to the gym uh, and that's just more of a mental release for me i can probably take a day off the gym i think any more than two days and i start getting a bit anxious um the gym is definitely a a therapy for me so i think that if i get into a good routine and i don't go for a few days i can it can really really affect me so yeah i mean there will be times where of course if you're carb cycling you will have more carbohydrates on your training day normally around your training times mainly post workout and some of my clients will say oh, chris please can i just train today so i can get my carbs and that's fine you know if they are cutting they're still going to be in a deficit with those carbs when you integrate in you know what they would be doing on the training day so they're still going to be in a deficit it just means that psychologically it may be a little bit easier for them let's have a look what else oh weird one is it okay uh from uh at tay z one four underscore oh four weird one is it okay to take all your supplements slash vitamins all in one go so it depends which will be the answer for most of these questions it depends so there are some supplements that need to be taken at specific times clearly uh, some vitamins need to be taken at you know specific times within reason uh, some you don't want to take let's say for example you're supplementing with vitamin c and let us just say that you are on 3000 milligrams of vitamin c you would probably not want to take that all in one go you would probably want to split it morning afternoon evening so that is an indication of something that you should probably be strategic with zinc and magnesium to help you sleep you would not clearly want to be taking that as soon as you wake up you'd be better off taking that before you go to bed so it does make a difference when you take them and taking them all in one go generally they're not going to have a massive effect on each other most of them don't down regulate or have a negative effect on the pathways for the most part um, 
unless you, let's just say you took a 5-HTP and a melatonin before you train, that's not really what you want to be doing, or you don't want to be taking your pre-workout before you go to bed. So, you know, you need to be kind of strategic with when you take them. So that's the the best answer for that question. What else do we have? Ooh, so at Valsundarask. Oh my God, some of these hashtags, some of these ats I'm going to struggle with, asks, how much of carbs should one consume when they want to reduce weight? It doesn't matter. You can have 300 grams of carbs and you can have zero grams of carbs. What is important is what your calorie expenditure versus your um, the, the calories that you eat is. Are you in a deficit? Are you in a surplus? you can have zero grams of carbs and still gain weight. If you have zero grams of carbs, but you're in a calorie surplus and you're eating loads of protein and loads of fats, you won't lose weight. If you only eat carbohydrates and a small amount of fat and a small amount of protein, but you're in a deficit, you will lose weight. So the car- so the, the first thing to remember is your calories in versus your calories out. Once you have that buck ticked, then it's looking at other intricacies of your macros. So, yeah, once you're educated a little bit more in terms of those aspects of things, it becomes a lot easier. You can make choices based on then nutrient timing and when to have these carbs, when to be strategic with these carbs. Some people will say, oh, as long as I get my macros in, I'll be fine. Maybe for weight loss, but not for performance. For example, let's just say you bang in all of your calories and your macros for the day in one meal an hour before you train. Try and tell me that that won't be a good, try and tell me that that will be a good session. It won't be. It'll be horrendous. So, you know, science is science and maybe it's the, the scientist aspect of, of my thinking, but there are implications for almost everything you know, as, as nitpicky as they may be. I had a conversation last night about um, anti-inflammatories. So I was speaking to a guy in the gym who I saw a few months ago, and he was telling me about his, he had uh, tendonitis uh, quite badly in his, in his ankle, and he is taking quite a lot of anti-inflammatories. And I said, oh, okay, so, you know, just, are you taking them just before you train? He's like, yeah, of course. So this is a nitpicky thing, but Obviously, when you go to the gym and you train, you're initiating inflammation in the muscle and is the inflammation that causes your um, muscles to grow and repair. If you're taking a, an anti-inflammatory immediately before you train, you're inhibiting your body's ability to grow or your muscle's ability to become inflamed and therefore your muscle's ability to grow and recover and become stronger and better. Um, so it's counterproductive. So what I said to him was, okay, but next time you take your anti-inflammatory, take it about four hours before you train. And if you still have pain leading up to the, um, your gym session, take some paracetamol, take some Panadol. And uh, he was like, whoa, I never thought about that. And it's something small, but things like that make a difference. So I try not to take anti-inflammatories around my training time for that reason. I want to get the biggest bang for my buck for my training session. Um, you know, And generally speaking, if you have an anti-inflammatory four hours prior, and take some paracetamol maybe beforehand, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, a 
question here. How do I get started, especially having no experience? From RexJang0411. Honestly, dude, if I could go back in time or the same thing I advise anyone, and I'm not just saying this because I'm expecting you guys to reach out to me, get yourself a coach. It doesn't have to be me, it can be anyone. Get yourself someone who knows what they're doing and make sure that you can trust that what they say is accurate. If I could go back in time and I, and I would hire myself in a heartbeat or I'd hire some of my, my friends who do the same thing in a heartbeat because it cuts out all of the guesswork. It cuts out all of the middleman work. If you're listening to this now and you're procrastinating about getting a coach, I don't know why you're not getting a coach, but one of the reasons is someone doesn't want to be paying £100 a month for a coach. You will spend more than £100 a month on other shit that you don't even need to be taking. Uh, so not only will you save money, but long term, if you look five years from now and you still haven't got a coach and you're still doing the same thing that you've been doing for the last five years, you've wasted five years of your life and you've probably spent £100 a month for five years. You know, like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So... My advice would be go straight to the source. Find someone that you respect. Find someone who, the, who, who you know is educated, who you know has walked the walk, has, 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 has done what you want to do, and ask them for advice. Honestly, that is my advice. It, it can be anyone, but you know, I would reach out to someone. Don't waste time. Time is precious. Time is money. And you'll probably be wasting more money on other stuff that you don't need, like fat loss pills and this and that or whatever. On that note... At harsh underscore 24C says L-carnitine, does it work for fat loss? Absolutely. That is one of the things that, one of the very few things that I would actually advocate is is L-carnitine or CLA. Um, and if I've got a podcast on CLA and L-carnitine as well uh, earlier in the episodes. And it basically goes into the details in scientific um in scientific um, jargon about how L-carnitine actually works. So it basically transports fat cells to the mitochondria where fat oxidation occurs, in short. So check that podcast out. Uh, I use 1UP Nutrition L-carnitine or the Keto L-carnitine. Um, it's banging. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. So I would have a look at that and I would have a look at my podcast. I've all, uh, as always, my code for 1UP Nutrition is chris 20 Check it out. Um, we have Tahish7561. I have a problem losing fat. It was going well until I reached 17% and stopped progressing any ideas. Absolutely. So this is something that massively happens. So very often we get pro, we get clients signing on a program uh, with myself, Wade, or one of the other coaches, and they do amazingly well for the first few weeks. And then they go, oh, guys, you know what? I don't need to stay on the program. I'll just do what you've taught me and crack on and do my own thing. And that's all well and good. And if that works, amazing. But very seldom is that the case. You will lose some weight and then you'll hit a plateau. That's when you need a coach. That's when you need advice. And that's when you need someone to guide you through that difficult period. And there are loads of different things that you can do. You can carb cycle. You can strategically manipulate your nutrition. You can strategically manipulate your cardio, change around your training, loads of other things that sometimes when you're right in it and, you know, what you're doing now will not work forever. It doesn't because your body is dynamic. Your body is always changing and so is your metabolism. What you don't want is you don't want your metabolism to slow down because you're 
continuing to do the same thing and then all of a sudden your body adjusts and then maybe you drop food and then it adjusts and eventually you're eating nothing. You're eating rabbit food, doing ridiculous amounts of cardio every day. That is when you need a coach also. So, yeah. Hmm. Let us see. At S.C. Peters. Excuse me. If you had to choose one, peck deck, dumbbell flies, cable flies, or another? Great question. So my answer is specific to me, which should be the same for all clients. I prefer probably the peck deck. Although recently I'm trying to do a lot of dumbbell flies, and I'll tell you why. Historically, I've done quite a lot of cable flies, and I'm trying to move away from movements that I've always done and try and change things up and see how my body responds. Peck deck is awesome, and it's probably one of the safest ones for me at least. I have torn my, not drastically torn, but had you know a minor tear in my left peck, and dumbbells I struggle with, which is why I'm trying to do more of them now, to try and not only build up strength, but flexibility. Um, and hoping that maybe changing the exercises that I use, and we're all the same, right? We all go into the gym and we stick to the same movements over and over and over again. What you really need to do is break the mold sometimes. So I'm consciously moving away from cables. I love cables, but I'm consciously now moving away from them for a while to try and focus on things like dumbbell flies rather than cable flies. And it's the same with with bicep, um, bicep and tricep exercises and things like that. So it is worth being flexible with your training. And sometimes that's why it's good to get a coach. So I'm looking forward to seeing my new training program and to see what I'll be doing. I'm not going to, you know, I probably will probably be quite different to what I'm used to, which will be good. Um, but sometimes you need to do that too. So let's have a look. So at Muhammad Delhadi. What do you think of serious mass and pro gainer and which is better? By the way, I'm a few, a huge fan. Keep going. Thank you, buddy. So, um, serious mass, I think is one of nutrition and pro gainer. I'm not sure who they're from. So basically mass gainers in general, there's nothing wrong with them. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them, but I would, as a coach, prefer you eat whole food. If you are eating as much food as you possibly can, and then you need extra, I would say go for a mass gainer for the most part you will never beat whole food. It's the same when you're cutting as well. You know, you want to be eating enough whole food. Um, sometimes, of course, if you're not, the thing is this, if you're, just because you have a, have a mass gainer doesn't mean you're going to put on weight. You could still be in a calorie deficit, but you're just taking a mass gainer. You know, let's just say you're, you're a dog walker and you walk 35,000 steps a day and you're having two mass gainer shakes a day and you're still in a deficit you're screwed mate you're screwed you're screwed you need to ensure that you're calculating your food that you're in a surplus first and then you need to start focusing on your training once you're in a surplus then you need to focus on getting down in the gym and ensuring that you're building proper tissue there's no point taking a mass gainer and just thinking that oh sweet i'm gonna put on some muscle it does not work like that so focus on ensuring that you're in a surplus focus on your nutrition try and make it clean foods until you're at the stage where you can't eat any more then maybe add some dirty foods in if you need to and then get down to the gym here we go at b underscore s underscore miller 
HIIT cardio versus regular cardio. I assume by regular you mean low intensity. Any specific ratio between them to maximize, maximize weight loss results? Great question. So like with anything, it depends. So first and foremost, the cardio that I will select for my clients, uh, of a podcast on this as well, is what I would advise based on your goals and your lifestyle most importantly. For example, if you are a very busy person throughout the day and you don't have time to be doing an hour of low intensity cardio, then high intensity will be structured in. And if it is more likely that you're going to do your high intensity because of the time restraint, then I would suggest you do that. It would For me, for example, I rarely do high intensity. What I'll do is I'll do a lot of low intensity training or I will hop on the treadmill or go for a walk. The reason I do that is because let's just say I hop on the treadmill and it's not overly fast rather than run. I can listen to a podcast, I can watch a series on Netflix and I can do work on my phone. So I'm being ultra, ultra productive. If I decided to do, you know, 15, 20, half an hour hit cardio, I would probably burn the same amount of calories, but I'm not getting any work done because I can't, because my hands are busy. So for me, it suits my lifestyle to go for a walk along the river or to hop in the treadmill if it's raining and do some work on my phone so that I am being ultra, ultra productive. So that's the first point. I would look for whatever suits your lifestyle first and foremost. Secondly, to maximize weight loss results, ensure that you're in a calorie deficit, ensure that what you're doing is sustainable, and then make sure that you're enjoying it. It's one of those things I say to my clients quite often. The three things that I feel are most important for weight loss is number one, finding something that you enjoy and keeps a smile on your face. Two, ensuring that you're in a calorie deficit. And three, ensuring that you're stimulating enough muscle. Once you do those three things, you will get results 100%. So what else do we have? We've got loads. We've got loads. Best time to take creatine and what amount for beginners so uh, at I am Akshi Pratap. So as before, check out my podcast. It's really good. I can't remember what episode it is. Maybe it's episode three. Um, no, it isn't. That is the science about fat loss. But have a look. It is well worth looking. Um, it will go into detail about the science behind creating how much to take and what to take. So a client of mine, Matt, goes, how many calories in two pizzas, a portion of cookies, and a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Probably because he knows that that's my cheat meal or he's craving it right now. So exactly, guys, that, that just goes to show, right? So my cheat when I was, you know, maybe three months ago was at least two pizzas, a portion of cookies, and a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm pretty sure that was my order at his house, to be fair. So after body power, uh, we, oh, during body power, we, we stayed at Matt's, and Matt lives in Coventry. And um, that was my cheat meal. And uh, so yeah, lots of calories, lots of calories. But the point is, for me, for example, that's not a refeed. That was more of a one, it was a social thing. We had some food and there's no reason why you can't do that as long as you're progressing. Um, and as long as you've got all your other, you know, T's crossed and, and your I's dotted, you will progress. Oh, it's a good question. What do you suggest? Two different days on the same muscle group or one day with more different workouts? 
So generally speaking, I think the training program, it depends on your goals. Absolutely 100% depends on your goals. The one thing that I have learned massively is it doesn't make a difference how frequently you train a muscle. If you're not training it efficiently in the first place and you're not connecting with the muscle, it doesn't matter how many times you train it. Once you ensure that you are training it effectively and you're stimulating the muscle in the right way, then you start looking at training frequency. So training frequency is massively important. Of course, if you train chest once a week, you're going to have 50 chances or 50 times to recover and grow. If you double that and train it twice a week, you've got 100 or 104 a week, um, uh, every, every year. So think about training frequency. But first and foremost, you need to ensure that you are stimulating the muscle effectively in the first place. Another great question, no carbs in the morning or carbs like oats in the morning. Generally speaking, dude, um, you've reached out to me. Um, so yeah, just to kind of reiterate what I said before, I personally don't like carbs in the morning. I feel like, you know, mentally I run better on fats and protein, especially first thing in the morning. I feel like because I'm so insulin sensitive now, I get quite lethargic when I have carbs, even oats. The best way to explain that is imagine you've just had Christmas dinner at your parents' house and you have nailed the whole food. The table is done and you're sitting there and then half an hour later you're asleep. That's how I feel after quite a, you know a number of carbs because I'm so insulin sensitive, which is a good thing. Of course, insulin sensitivity is important. So I try not to have carbs until after I train. In the evenings, maybe I'll have some carbs before I train, but not often. Um, I like backloading my carbs, uh, mainly because my focus is better than when I train. So... Yeah, have a look. Um, we, any suggestions to a diabetic person and a person with hypertension? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked this. So first and foremost, I want to give a massive shout out to Phil Graham, who's a good friend of mine. He was on the podcast, episode 18, I think. A great episode to listen to, especially for any diabetic. First and foremost, there are different types of diabetes, of course. Type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes are actually very different. They really are. I know they're, the only kind of similarity between them both is that they both result in high glucose in the blood. But in terms of the mechanisms, they are very different. So it would depend completely on what um, form of diabetes you have. There are, there are gestational diabetes and loads of other forms of diabetes as well, not just type 1 and type 2, believe it or not. So that would depend massively. Hypertension also is a massive issue. So in terms of blood pressure, you need to ensure that um, you know, it's 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 no surprise that as a diabetic you have hypertension. Um, but if you want to reach out to me at Toffer two four one nine eight four, reach out to me and I'll see what I can do. Anyone who is diabetic, um, I have a number of diabetic patients. Uh, patients, um, I think I'm back in the back in the back in the the hospital now. Um, I have a number of diabetic clients. And um, having, you know, a vast scientific knowledge, especially when it comes to, um, you know, the hormonal profile of insulin and how that affects the, the movement of glucose in and out of the bloodstream is massively important. So anyone who is diab um, diabetic, type 1 or type 2, who wants to get in touch or would like some assistance, drop me a message, either DM me on Instagram at Spearman Chris or send me an email at chrisspearmanfitness at gmail.com. I really enjoy working with diabetic patients. Um, 
a lot of my um, uh, clients, I really um, like working with um, clients who have come through cancer and obviously from my background in the, the hospital and the clinic, that is an area of a massive area that is really close to my heart if you've listened to my last podcast. So anyone who is in a similar situation, be it a diabetic or someone who is in remission or anything like that. Um, you know, I absolutely love, um, the science behind that. So reach out, reach out. Let's see what we can do. Oh, good question from Keith Mac 18. Will you ever go back doing a job in the area of your PhD? Oh, great question. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. So, uh, most of you guys will know this already if you listen to the podcast that my two biggest goals in life were to get a doctorate, um, a, a PhD in an area that was really close to my heart. And the other goal of mine was to get on the cover of a magazine. And I never in a million years ever thought that either would come true. And I feel spoiled riches now that they both have. And I'm in an amazing position that I can choose where, where I want to go, what I want to do with my life. The truth is I miss the clinic and I miss the hospital massively. I really do. Um, I used to watch ER as a kid. I used to watch, uh, some of you guys will know the bill and ER. So I always wanted to either be a policeman or a uh, work in a hospital. And I miss it massively. I really do. But to be completely honest and completely frank, um, for me now to go into a medical profession or a medical field, I would be working ridiculous hours for somebody else, uh, obviously in a really stressful environment. I wouldn't be able to travel as much. I wouldn't have the financial freedom that I have. And I would be making, believe it or not, a fraction of the money that I'm making now. Not that money is important to me and it isn't, but it will be when I have a family and it will be when I am trying to provide for that family in the future. So right now, being able to travel all over the world and help just as many, if not more people through social media change their lives and get paid a substantial amount more than I would in a hospital or working for a pharmaceutical company um, seems like the the best thing to do. And also I enjoy what I'm doing right now so, so much that it's definitely not something that I, I take for granted and it's definitely not something that I would step away from anytime soon. So I don't know. I may turn around in my in my thirties and say, right, okay, I need to get a big boy job now. But my my plan will be, hopefully, that I'll be quite set by then, and we'll have a few a few properties and a, a few bits and pieces. My my goal is to buy a second house next year. Um, all going well, business going the way it is, um, and maybe be you know start being a little bit more grown up with stuff. So that's my plan. That's my plan for now. Um, oh, we've got the same question again. A few of the same questions. Let's see. Here we go. Daily cardio or alternate days? We can do cardio in the evening? Question mark. So the answer to that is it doesn't really matter when you do cardio. And the notion of fasted cardio being beneficial for you is completely false. Um, a research that came out in 2015 by uh, Dr. Brad or Professor Brad Schoenfeld that showed, which was speculated anyway, that fasted cardio had no significant increase in fat loss whatsoever. So 
it doesn't really make a difference when you do cardio, whether it's alternate days or whether it's together. At the end of the day, it keeps coming back to the same thing. Calories in versus calories out. For me, I'll do cardio when it suits. Normally, I will go for walks. That being said, I do do faster cardio. There's no science behind it, but it, it makes sense for me to get up in the morning, go for a walk, kind of set my day up nicely, get my phone, go through all of the emails and stuff that I need to, that have come through while I was asleep, um, sort out what my goals are for the day, and, uh, and, and get cracking. It also means that my feeding period decreases in the evening obviously if i get up too fast at cardio and don't eat for a few hours my first meal is later on in the day so my feeding window decreases and my probability then of cheating uh, diminishes drastically so we're going to get a few more questions in let us see let us see it's amazing to see the amount of the amount of um you know the amount of people who've who've asked questions to be honest um you know, and a lot of these questions, as you can see, are quite basic. Um, you know, it all comes down to calories in, calories out. And, you know, in terms of supplementation, a lot of the questions here about supplementation. Um, for example, we've got a question that says protein shake before or after your workout. And at the end of the day, it depends on your goals. I personally don't like taking a protein shake beforehand. I will normally take a maybe normally i'll take a coffee but sometimes i will take a, a pre-workout but i'll also take some branch chain aminos as well um or essential aminos and then i will continue taking those during too what i actually do is i take a pure rebuild so pure rebuild is an amazing formula from one up nutrition that has essential aminos some glutamine and some creatine it is an amazing supplement and I will take those pre so that I've got essential aminos in my bloodstream uh, while I'm training I'll have my creatine and I'll have my glutamine and often I will integrate in some sick branched highly branched cyclic dextrin which is a carb source so that I'm recovering almost immediately um, if you're trying to lose weight you need to be strategic with the amount of uh, cyclic dextrin or carb powder that you use. Um, but then again, like I said, as long as you're in a deficit, crack on. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's what I do. That's what I do. And it's massively, massively important. So what else do we have? Why should dairy be avoided? Great question. So scientifically we are not programmed after um childbirth uh long after childbirth to actually drink milk we're due to um, be breastfed and then after that we uh, aren't supposed to be having dairy um but over the years we have become more tolerant although i still believe that most of us are not tolerant to dairy we've just become accustomed to dairy so i personally find that it doesn't um, always I found that my skin didn't really, I would break out maybe a little bit when I had too much dairy or, you know, I, it just fully didn't agree. It didn't agree with me massively. And since I've kind of pulled away from it, like with anything else that you pull away from, when you integrate it back in, 
you will see a um, an adverse effect and you 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 know your body kind of sees it as alien to some degree that happens quite a lot with people who diet and then you try and reintroduce things when you try and reintroduce things sometimes you need to be really strategic with that um, and dairy is one of those gluten sometimes is one of those i know some people who who have that issue with you know some form of carbohydrates and um, and starchy carbs and things so it's important um, it's, it's, it's massively important. So one of the last questions I'm going to answer is, is cardio necessary to get very lean or will cal- calorie deficit and weight training work? Great question. Cardio is not necessary. You hit the nail on the head. If you're in a calorie deficit and you're weight training, that is all you need to do. All cardio will do is increase your deficit. That's the simplest way to put it. If I could choose between cardio and a calorie deficit or weight training in a calorie deficit, I would 100% pick weight or resistance training. Excuse me. Um, 100% pick that as the option. That being said, I will do cardio to increase the deficit that I'm in. And so, so when you think of it logically, this is what I do. I will weight train and I will strategically, even though I'm cutting, I'll strategically put a num- quite a few carbs post-workout so that I'm recovering, so that I'm staying full, so my glycogen stores are saturated. And then I will offset the carbs that I'm eating with cardio. So I will have enough cardio so that it offsets the carbs, but I'm still getting the carbs in post-workout to the muscle. So I'm winning on all levels. That's a bit of a, a serious tip that I just gave away there. So the last, last Last question. What is the best food to eat at night if you can't sleep and you feel hungry, but you don't want to put fat on? So these are some diet hack tips. My One of my favorites is the very low calorie jelly. It's a great one. Maybe with some phage 0% fat yogurt. Mix it together. Maybe two... two um, cartons of that low calorie jelly maybe get some sugar-free sauce you can get some walden's farms or something like that i like to mix that up and i really enjoy that one one of the other ones is i will get a protein pancake which will just be a scoop of whey protein and maybe three egg whites or eggs if you want to add some fat in and that's it nothing more nothing less a little bit of salt boom maybe put some calorie free sauce into the batter and flip those guys like crazy and then maybe put some calorie free sauce on top um one other one this is an absolute gem i can't believe i'm giving this one away so what i do is i'll get a cup i'll get a scoop of whey protein and i'll put it in the bottom of a cup normally i will use the chocolate peanut butter from one up nutrition that is incredible um so i will normally get that and i will put very small amounts of water into the cup and mix it into a paste so i've got a thick paste on the bottom of the cup and i'll pat it all the way down and i'll put it in the microwave for 20 seconds at a time when you take it out it is fluffed up all you need um sorry and some nut butter so um some some nut butter i will pick crunchy nut butter crunchy nut butter whey protein and a little bit of water Pat it down into a paste, put it in the microwave for 20 seconds. When you take it out, it is puffed up into a perfect muffin. I promise you, it is incredible. Air on the side of moist rather than leaving it in, in the, the microwave too long. And I guarantee you that is a game changer. You can also have that with some calorie-free jelly or you can have that with some phage yogurt too. At the end of the day, like you said, without putting fat on, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, 
that is the most important thing. So guys, that's it for now. Um, I'm definitely going to do this again. This is episode 20. Wow, I can't believe we've got 20 done. I just want to say a massive thank you to anyone who has been listening to the podcast again. If you haven't and you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. It is massively, massively beneficial to the growth of the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, the last note about online coaching, because a lot of you guys have reached out and a lot of those questions were about online coaching as well. We have just launched our brand new Shredded in 12 programs. What do you get in these programs? Virtually everything. Supplementation advice, tailored nutrition, training perfect for your goals. You'll get us on Facebook uh, instant messenger so that you can contact us at any point in time, myself and Wade at any point in time. You will get strategic check-ins. You will have your nutrition tailored, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, whatever your goals are, losing weight, gaining muscle, lean bulk, toning, depends on obviously what you want or what your goals are will depend on how we tailor the programs. You'll also get put in a private closed Facebook group that right now is absolutely amazing. Um, the amount of support in there is, is, is absolutely amazing. So um, a lot of you guys are asking, and the reason that is such a good option is because these programs were £220 a month. So the 12 weeks were 660 We had them at 50% off half price for 330 And we've dropped it by half again to £149. It's an absolute steal. So if you are interested and you want to change your life, reach out, reach out. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. As always, at the end of the podcast, make the most of today. You will not get this day again. And just like I said on my last podcast, you are so lucky to be here. You are so lucky to have the opportunity to make this day the best it possibly can be. One thing I said on my story today is that my kind of mantra for each day is, I'm going to do something today that is going to benefit me tomorrow. I'm going to do something today that is going to make my life better, easier, and more productive in the future. Make sure you do the same. Peace.